Um, I'm like devouring the book of Acts. It's, uh, it's a lot in it that I've, I've read billions of times, but I'm, um, you better turn this down. I'm going to start yelling. Um, uh, so I've really been in, in, in looking at, you know, conversions because I really believe, uh, like I told you guys last week, I've led a lot of people to the Lord, but I don't want anybody under my watch to not lead some. I mean, we got to fix that. And so the book of Acts is just, it's just got so many stories of conversion in it. And so I want to share this one that I read, and I read it before, but I, I just read it a little deeper and I slowed down and I got a lot out of it. Acts chapter 8, verse 26. Acts 8 and 26. Where is it? Bam! Uh, Chris. Now, an angel of the Lord said to Philip, what? Go south to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. Now, that's very specific, isn't it? I remember when I, was, when, I, when I first became a Christian and I would read the Bible and I would see stuff like that. And I would go, how come God don't talk to nobody like that anymore? And then I found out that God does talk to people like that. But you have to learn how to do it. Everybody say Amen. So then I went on this journey. To, I, I want that. I want, it's, I want the angel of the Lord to go, Kenan, don't go to Walmart. Go to Meyer, and then go down to Al 7. <laughs> I, I want a GPS through my life. I, want, I, I mean, some stuff you got to do by faith. You're not going to know. But like, like my destiny, I'm like, Lord, you're telling me things that is, why are you telling me this stuff? And I pastor this little church in Emily City. And, and God says, don't worry about it. And I'm not going to tell you because I know how you are. So you just do what I tell you every day, and then we'll get there. Amen. God makes me sick that he knows me so well. Everybody's, so here it is, a very specific word. Go south to the road. Come on. So he started out, and on his way, he met an Ethiopian So eunuch. he did it. So sometimes when God does speak to your heart, or he pushes you a certain direction, or he kind of gets you to lean into a certain thing, do it. He's doing it for you. People, sometimes people will go, well, I really believe I should go but they don't do it do what he's telling you to do even if it sounds weird so he started out on his way Chris and he met an Ethiopian eunuch now Ethiopian eunuch he, he met a black dude who was very successful you know why because he was a eunuch eunuchs uh, you know what a eunuch is it's very painful I'm trying to answer this very carefully. Uh, so a eunuch is someone who's been castrated. And so what happens back in, in those days, if you were around the royal family a lot, and you, and, and you were always interacting with them and helping them run whatever country it was, they would castrate you because they didn't want any intermingling mistakes. Amen. They didn't want you around the princess without, you know, being able to have babies. Everybody say amen to that. Amen. So, and they also wanted you to concentrate. That's all they wanted you to do. They don't want you to, to be worried about all these other things. They want you, so when you get castrated, you really don't have time to worry about certain things. Everybody say amen to that. Amen. So here it is. He was this, he was an Ethiopian or a black eunuch, an important official, see, in charge of all the treasury. He was, he had made it in life. He worked for the queen. That's why he was a eunuch. Now, me, I ain't taking that job. 
Imagine that resume, I mean, that, that job description. Well, you're going to get this, you get this benefit, you get this benefit. Oh, but by the way, we got to castrate you. <laughs> I don't want that job, but okay. So, and then it's more important. See, that's why I said I had to slow down. It's really important because back, see, now we, we our identity comes from single achievements. If your family stinks and you don't, you're still okay. But back then, if your family stunk, everybody stunk. If, if you had a small family, you were looked down upon. See, back then, family was everything. So he gave up a lot. See, our, our identities were based on our families. Now our identity, identities are based on individual achievements. So back then, though, for him to give up the ability to have children is very important. I'll show you why in a minute. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship. Now, some kind of way, the word of God had got to this Ethiopian and he believed. You know that Amen. Christianity is the, is the, is the only uh, uh, religion, I'll, I'll use that word, that has no geographic boundaries. It has no racial boundaries either. Do you know that China is, is, is almost 50% Christian? You know that Africa is 50% Christian? I'm saying that's remarkable. Christianity is, is the only, see, that's why it's hard for me to believe in all these other religions because, see, in, in Hinduism is based on this area like Southeast Asia. The, the Buddhists are based on these areas where they, they're, they're, they're geographic, have these geographic boundaries where Christianity has, it started in Europe. And now it's migrated all over the world. It's the only belief that is all over the world and it is for all people. The only belief. So here it is, this Ethiopian eunuch traveled to Jerusalem to worship. That's, that, I looked it up. It was about 1,000 miles. Back then, traveling 1,000 miles was hard. It was hard. Mm -hmm. One, you didn't know it was roads. The roads aren't going to be, it's not like driving here to Chicago, right? The roads were bad. It was dangerous. Everybody say amen. So it was something that was really driving this guy to get there to worship God. Next verse. And on his way home, was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah. So on the his prophet. way home, he's sitting in his chariot, and, he's, and, he, and his chariot's driving. He's sitting there, he's devouring the book of Isaiah. And I'm going to tell you why in a minute. But think about it. He's on his way home, meaning he already went, and, he's, and now he's on his way back home. Next verse. The Spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. So the Spirit told Philip, go to the chariot and stay near it. You know why he was saying stay near it? Because it was moving. So he says, go to the chariot and then stay near the chariot while it's moving. While it's moving. Here's this Philip would have never talked to this man. Amen. Because Philip was a middle class Jewish guy. And, 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 and Jews, I looked it up. It was this prayer. This guy told me about this prayer. I, I remember when I first became a Christian and I went to this Bible bookstore. It was on Seven Mile back in Detroit. And I would sit with these old guys. One of them was an old black Baptist guy, and the other guy was a Jewish guy who had been transformed. He was a Christian. And they would tell me these stories. And they told me about this prayer, and it says that Christian, I mean, Jewish men would wake up every day, and they would play, blessed are you, Lord, our God, ruler of the universe. I thank you because you have not made me a woman. You haven't made me a Gentile or a slave. They would pray. Philip probably prayed that prayer. 
So, so I'm, getting you, I'm trying to get you to see that this encounter was totally divine, a divine Amen. encounter. I've had divine encounters. I told you about the guy I was at the car wash. A divine encounter. I had a divine encounter when I was sitting in the, in, the, in the lobby of this doctor's office, and this woman was getting, the young girl was getting ready to abort her baby, and I went and prayed for her. Divine encounter. Amen. Right? So here it is. It's like this divine encounter would have never happened on accident. Think, think about this. You guys got relationships now in Christ that you never would have had. Amen. Christianity does crazy stuff like it makes you call a white person your brother. It makes you call a black person your father. Hallelujah, somebody. Amen. I remember one time, man, you remember Jack? Me and Jack went to the movies, and we went to see uh, uh, 12 Years a Slave. And Jack wanted to see it. And I'm like, I don't want to see that. It's going to make me mad at white people. <laughs> so we go in the movie, and every, anybody ever seen that movie? It's very, it's very harsh. And so it, they, when we got through the movie and Jack's sitting there, he's so uncomfortable, he's squirming in his seat, he's getting upset because they were beating the crap out of slaves and all. So we walk out the theater, literally I had to put my arm around Jack and go, Jack, it's okay. We walk out the theater and people were like, what the heck is this? <laughs> this little funny looking white dude from West Virginia and this dude grew up in the hood of Detroit. Why are you two, first of all, what are you doing together? And then why are you hugging each other? <laughs> I got to hug him because this was bad to let him know that in Christ. Amen. Christianity is the only religion, I use religion, that gives you these amazing relationships that you never would have. And this right here show, will show us that God, that is God's desire. Don't believe people when they go, well, I'm a Christian and those people, they're, they're no good. That is totally not Christianity. Amen. Amen. So here it is. Here's, this, here's Philip running up to this Ethiopian. He would have never done that because, one, he's a eunuch and he's unclean. Two, he's an Ethiopian, which he would have been considered a barbarian. You don't talk to barbarians. So that must mean that Philip's life was transformed. Amen. So here's this black guy that Philip runs up to. Come on. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. And so here it is. He runs up to the chariot, and then he stays near it. The chariot's moving, and he's listening, and the guy is reading Isaiah. So here's Philip going, oh, now I see why you brought me here. And Philip goes, hey, do you understand what you're reading, by the way? You ever had a divine encounter like that? I have. I have. So I remember the time when I was sitting, uh, uh, no, I was, at, I, was, I was sitting at the, where was I at? Where was I at? I was at the restaurant. I was at this restaurant, and these, these kids walked in, and then they were uh, looking, young kids, they were like, in, like teenage kids. It was about seven of them. And so they were sitting there, and they were talking, and then they were talking, and in some kind of way they got on the subject of God. And I, and I was just sitting there. I didn't get involved. And then one of them looks over and goes, are you Pastor King? And I went, ugh. <laughs> what? I'm just trying to do, knock down my hamburger, dude. <laughs> and, they, and they were like, are you you're Pastor? No, I know what? Jack was with me again now that I think about it. <laughs> and, he, and they go, yeah. You're, you're, he, and the other one goes, Pastor, oh, the one who just, that church in town. Yeah. What do you want? And then they go, well, can you explain this? 
And I wasn't sure I can explain that. Your church don't explain that? Mm-hmm. I'm not putting your church down, but I'm like, that's elementary, dude. You guys don't understand that? And so I began to explain it to them divinely. No way I would have talked to them kids no other way. I don't even like kids. Seriously, I love them, but I don't like them. I'm just being honest. So he says, do you understand what you are reading, Philip asked. Next verse. How can I, he said, unless someone explains it he to says, me. He says, listen, I don't understand this. So that means something. This guy drove a thousand miles to go worship in Jerusalem at the Jerusalem church. And he left unfulfilled. Amen. Amen. I hate to tell you, that's church today. Amen. Imagine. And that's why he's devouring the book of Isaiah, and I'm going to show you why in a minute. Because he's like, man, this, I've, I've traveled all this way, and I'm, I didn't get my answer. I'm still looking for my answer. And so God says, because he's faithful, God says, this poor man has drove all the way to the Pharisees, and they just didn't even let him in. Do you know he wouldn't even been able to go in the temple? Because he's a barbarian, unclean person because he's been castrated. He wouldn't even be, he didn't, they didn't even let him in. He drove a thousand miles to go see, to go worship, and the church didn't let him in. So he's going back unfulfilled. But God sends Philip. Amen. <laughs> see, a lot of people you know go to church, but they're unfulfilled. Mm-hmm. That's why he sent you. You know, there's a lot of dead people going to church, unfulfilled people going. I talk to them every day. They call me every day. And I always go, well, what church do you go to? I go to the eighth, third wonder of the power of God. I'm not, I don't down anybody's church, but I, I asked first to see, do you have a home? Can, see, because you're calling into a radio station looking for me, which is creepy. I, I don't like people looking for me. But anyway, and then you're looking for me, and now we're having this conversation, and I'm like, what, what, don't you got a pastor? Well, yeah, but no, I don't want to talk to them. I want to say, why do you go there? Amen. Amen. Why would you go somewhere there? I don't, because I don't want them to think I'm, but I'm, in my mind, I'm like, why do you go? Don't come here, but why do you go there? Why, why, do you, why would you be involved with something that he goes a thousand miles and leaves unfulfilled? And thankfully, God has somebody, Philip, would you go help this guy? Because the church just rejected him. Amen. Because he's a barbarian and he's unfit. When we know that Jesus says, whosoever will. Amen. Christian, American Christianity bothers me. It bothers me. It's just it's so segregated and, and, and it's so exclusive, you know, and, and it's so conforming. You got to do it like we do it. No, you don't. Amen. American church bothers me. And let, me. let me be honest with you. The way we do church is American. In American church, we get a nice band. We have singers. In American church, someone gets up and does, we do announcements and we have greeters and we have parking lot attendants. And that's American church. God doesn't, when God transforms a, a, a Chinese person's life, he doesn't make them European because Christianity started in Europe. He makes them a better Chinese person. Amen. So however you worship me in Chinese, worship me in Chinese. He, when, he, when he transforms an African's life, 
and it's acting in some kind of way. Maybe they were singing or dancing. Or, man, he doesn't say, don't do that. He says, no, just do it for me. Don't Amen. become this. This is American. Amen. Oh, Amen. man, I'm messing Amen. with you now. This is American church. Uh, when I was in California, I went to my, one of my closest friends' church, and I love them to death, and, and I love the people there, and they love me, but it's American church. I'm sitting there with, with hundreds of people, and I'm going, this is so American. They even got smoke. Smoke machine looks great. The screen is changing lights, and the lights are flashing, and, change, and I'm like, this is so American. And everybody's just out here going, yes, this is it, this is it. That's why people always go to the places with the most people in the highest steeples. Because you know why in America we love to be, what, entertained. Mm -hmm. We love it. How many channels and options of movies do you have at home? <laughs> we'll be sitting, me and Cordy and Julian will be sitting there like, well, we, we have nothing to watch, nothing to watch. We got 3,000 movies. We got HBO Max, we got Netflix, we got Amazon Prime. You, you got, and we're still like, no, I'm not entertained. <laughs> it's American. Amen. We don't, we hate to be uncomfortable. We always want to think, look about our children. Oh, Julian drives me nuts. He's not here with his pad. Oh, they, yo, give mom and dad, give me your phone. Did you, you know your kids do. They can't even sit in a restaurant no more without being what? It stimulated some kind of way. That's American. So now church has conformed to that to keep you stimulated. I got to get off that. That's a whole nother mess. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. So he says, listen, come up and sit with me. So Philip goes, thank you. I'm getting tired walking next to your chair. Because he, remember, he came to see him in like verse 30. And now it's verse 32. So Philip's walking. Hey, you understand what you're reading? No, no I don't understand. Hey, you want to come up here? Yes. <laughs> My sandals hurt. Amen, somebody. This is what they're reading. Come on. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he did not open his mouth. So here's this Ethiopian reading about this. The Bible in the book of Isaiah calls him a servant. He's reading about this servant, and he's going, it's this servant, man. Who is the servant that, that, this, that this, they're talking about here? See, see. He's not looking for the pharisaical church. His mind is on this servant. Who was the servant? Who can change your, who sacrificed himself? You guys are listening so hard. I can feel. <laughs> Come on, next part. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants for his life was taken from the earth. So he's reading about Jesus in the Amen. book of Isaiah. And so here he's going, man, this is what I was talking about, not what they tried to give me when I went. They didn't even let me in. I'm reading about this servant who gave his life for everybody else. That's what I thought was in Jerusalem. He went to the wrong place. Next verse. The eunuch asked Philip, tell me, please, who is this prophet talking about, himself or someone else? See, he realizes, okay, okay, this prophet Isaiah, is it him or is it somebody else? And Philip goes, oh, it's somebody way else. Amen. Is that a word, way else? Yep. It's someone very else. <laughs> 
I got somebody way more else than that. Isaiah was talking about this else guy. He's very else. I'm, trust me, let me tell you about him. See, people out there need you to tell them the good. That's why the gospel's called the good news. You know what's good about it? You can't go to heaven on your own. Amen. You know what's good about it? Someone has took the penalty for all the wrong that you do. You know what's good about it? You can't get out of situations, but this else person can get you out. That's the good news. You got to tell them the good news. You got, Amen. You guys are telling them about God, maybe, and they're going to go and they're thinking he's so mystical. You got to tell them the good news. You guys aren't racking up numbers because you're not preaching the good news. Amen. I want you to start penciling in stuff on your resume. People whose lives have changed just because they had the fortune of running in, or misfortune of running into you. Your life is going to change running into me, whether you want to or not. You never should have met me if you want to keep being wrong. You never should have met me if you love to sin a lot. You never should have met me if you want to live any kind of way. Why did you meet me? You're in trouble. Well, I'm not going to stop till you get transformed. Everybody say amen to that. Amen. See, that's the mindset you got to have. You won't save the world, but you'll save a few. Hallelujah, somebody. So here it is. Let me tell you about somebody else. Come on. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look. Here is water. What can stand in the way of my being baptized? So that means that Philip gave him the whole story. So now we have to be baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And, and he's telling them all. The, and, the, and the unit goes, baptism represents transformation. See, baptism, when we dump somebody in this water, you, you just go down dry and you really come up wet. But what it represents is this new life. I'm getting ready to live this new life, and I've just done it in front of everybody to show you. I have chosen to do this new life. Baptism is a, is a, is a thing. That's why you have witnesses who come see you because you're going down and you're coming back up. That represents the grave, and you're coming back up as a new person. I'm now going to live this way. The unit goes, man, Philip, that water right there. Stop the chariot. Let's do it right now. See, because I went to church and got nothing. I drove all the way to Jerusalem and got rejected. And I'm reading the book of Isaiah, and it's not adding up because it's telling me about this servant who changes everybody's life. So he gives order to stop. Verse 39. When they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away, and the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Now that's, that's weird. It says, now, I, I, I tried to look at this as many ways as possible and, and as many uh, commentaries and scholars that I could find. And, no, and people are like, well, did he, did he teleport somewhere? Or did the angel, the spirit of the Lord just have him go, okay, I've done my job, let me move on. I don't think he teleported him to wherever was next. I think he... I think the unit was so caught up in what was going on, he came up and he was praising the Lord and so thankful that he didn't even realize that Philip slipped away. Amen. So God just really says, okay, we're done here. Now we got to go off to the next. I've done that many times. I've helped to transform people's lives and I didn't get in a relationship with them. Amen. It was just that divine encounter. 
and then I was gone. I think about my mentor, you know, Cal, you know, remember Brother Otis. Brother Otis came into my life and mentored me, and he taught me so many things, taught me. Man, I think out of everybody who's ever taught me anything in any church I've ever been in, I learned more sitting in a basement than I did in any other church, I'm going to be honest. And he transformed my life. And let me tell you something. When he was done, I never saw him again. We didn't have coffee. We didn't go to lunch. He was like, I'm done. He was gone. I don't even know where it happened to him. It was like, was this guy real? <laughs> then he ended up passing away. I heard about that years later. But it's like, he came and he left. Came, did what he was supposed to do, and he left. Came, put his deposit in me, and he left. So here it is, this Ethiopian, here's Philip, this Jewish middle-class white guy, hanging out with this black dude who's very successful, and they, and, and they should have never met. They should have never met. They would have never had a conversation no other way. Now let me tell you a little bit more about the Ethiopian because this is important. What was he seeking? Go to Isaiah 56. Isaiah chapter 56, with verse, verse 1. And, and, and in Isaiah 56, which he was reading Isaiah 53, that, that passage that we read a minute ago, that was Isaiah 53. So he was reading Isaiah. He was devouring the book of Isaiah from the 40s to the, to the 50s, into the 50s. It was talking about this servant, and he was mesmerized by this. And that's what drove him to Jerusalem, because he thought the servant would be there, but he was too late. The servant had already left, but Philip was there. Amen. This is what he was reading. Come on. This is what the Lord says. Maintain justice and do what is right, for my salvation is close at hand. He says, listen, this is what it means to be trans translated, what it literally means. It says, the Lord says these things. Be fair to all people. Do what is right, because soon my salvation comes. Be fair to all people. Amen. I don't care what race they are. I don't care what their background is. Let me tell you something. If you get your identity from your job and your career, you know what you're going to probably do? You're going to probably look down on other people who don't have it. If you get your identity from your children, you're probably going to look down on people who don't have children. Not, not consciously, but you, you will. If you live in certain neighborhoods, you probably look down on people who don't live in those neighborhoods a little bit. It's a, it's a, natural, a natural thing. Yeah, but you know I'm true. You know it's true. If, you, if, you, if you've done okay and somebody's really poor, you, you're not going to be, you're not mean. You're not going to really, but some kind of way you feel a little better. You might be white, you think you're a little better than someone's black. You might be black, you think you're a little better than somebody's Mexican. I mean, see, if you get your identity from anything else but Jesus, Amen. you're going to look down on somebody. <laughs> Us Pentecostals used to look down on, 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 on Church of God in Christ. Oh, those, oh, those people. <laughs> oh, my God. You know how the Catholics and the Presbyterians are. You know how the Lutherans are. You know how the Baptists and the Southern Baptists are. See, you get your identity from a denomination, you're going to look down on what? Other people. And he says, be fair to everybody. Next verse. For my salvation is close at hand and my righteousness will soon be revealed. Uh -huh. Blessed is the one who does this, the person who holds it fast, 
who keeps the Sabbath without desecrating it and keeps their hands from doing any evil. Okay, that's self-explanatory. This next verse is really good. Come on. Let no foreigner who is bound to the Lord say, the Lord will surely exclude me from his people. This is the book of Isaiah. And this is what the Ethiopian was reading. Amen. It says, listen, some foreigners will choose to follow the Lord. They shouldn't say that the Lord will not really accept them. Like the rest of his people. They don't say that. See, because they're going to tell you that. Because you're a barbarian. God is predicting that the church will look down on you because you're different. This is the book of Isaiah. This is not New Testament. So he's saying, don't, if you don't let any foreigner not say this. Don't you say that I'm excluding you. I'm not excluding. This is coming from the prophet Isaiah before Jesus. Chris, give it to me. And, and let no eunuch complain. I am only a dry and tree. And let no eunuch. See, this is what he was reading. This is what drove him to Jerusalem. Amen. He says, let no eunuch say, I'm only a dry piece of wood and I can't have children. See, because what was your worth then? Your children. What was your identity in? How many children you had? But the eunuch made a choice to be successful. I have to <laughs> I got to lose it. But you got to remember back then, your family was everything. If a man had a bunch of children, he was on high regard. If a woman couldn't have children, she was outed. She was nothing. She was nobody. So here's this unit going, man, I'm very successful. I've made it my a great career, but something is missing. Something, and I'm reading the book of Isaiah, and they're talking about this servant, and I'm reading how God himself is saying that I'm not a dry piece of wood. I'm, I'm not nothing because I can't have children. He was, God doesn't care about my skin color. He doesn't care if my family didn't believe. He doesn't care if my nation don't believe. I'm a foreign eunuch. This is for me. And it drove him a thousand miles to Jerusalem. And he got to the church and got disappointed. But thankfully, God has somebody who listened who had a divine connection. I'm trying to get you to see something. There's a lot of people out there who need you, and you are not doing your job. There's a lot of dead people out there, like this eunuch, seeking for something, and I can't find it. I can't even find it from the church. Because the church teaches you church. American church is that. Hallelujah, somebody. He says, let no unit complain that I'm nothing, that I can't have children. That means I'm nothing. Even though he was very successful, he was very, and he had to have money. He was in charge of all the money in Ethiopia. And it's like, but I am empty. Next verse. For this is what the Lord says. 
to the eunuchs who keep my Sabbaths, who choose what pleases me and hold fast to my covenant. He said, listen, to all you eunuchs who, who are foreigners who do what I tell you to do. He said, like, listen, listen, let me tell you what I'm going to do for you. Come on. To them I will give within my temple and its walls a memorial and a name better than sons and daughters. I will give them an everlasting name that will endure forever. Chris here said, you know what? I know your identity is shot because you can't have children. But I'm going to give you a better name, a name that will keep you greater than if you had sons or daughters. I'm going to give you a name that will last forever. I'm going to give you a better identity. You see, your identity is only based on the fact that you can't have children. And he said to the eunuch, do you understand that I will give you, I know you can't have children, so your family's name is done. But I will give you a better name. Amen. I will write your names on the wall. I will write a memorial plaque to you in my temples. You see your identity. I will give you your identity. <laughs> Don't label me as a black man, even though I'm proud to be a black man. I got a new identity. I cross over. My identity is set in stone. I am one who worships the true and living God. One who has been saved by Christ himself. And though I am not perfect, by no means am I perfect. My identity is not based on my skin color, how much money I got. This is a nice watch, but it's not, it's not, my identity don't come on my watch. My Nikes that I wear, it don't come, it don't come with a truck I drive. It don't come by none of that crap. My identity comes. From Christ. Amen. That's why I don't look down on anybody. Because if you get your identity from, why am I crying? If you get your identity from anywhere else, you're going to view people wrong. Amen. So Philip's identity must change. Because he's like, I'm not going to go up and run outside of some black dude's car. Philip didn't hesitate. Why? His identity is different. Who are we reaching out here? Nobody. Church ain't reaching nobody. The church is just as ineffective as the church in Jerusalem was back then. That's okay. But they work with you. They're friends with you. They're family to you. Come on. And foreigners who bind themselves to the Lord to minister to him, to love the name of the Lord and to be his servants, all who keep the Sabbath without desecrating it and who hold fast to my covenant. It said, all you foreigners who bind yourself to me, you keep my covenant. You're good. Isaiah's writing this? This is a New Testament. It sounds like New Testament, but it's not. <laughs> and this, this Ethiopian was reading this going, where was that when I got to Jerusalem? Amen. <laughs> I, thought, I thought in Jerusalem that foreign eunuchs were okay. And I drove all the way to Jerusalem and, and, and I got so disappointed. So I'm reading this again on my way home. I missed something. And I'm, he's reading about this, 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 I don't even know who it was. Was it a prophet? Was it, who was this man who transforms life and then Philip comes and says it's Jesus. Amen. 
I'm almost done. Come on. These I will bring to my holy mountain and give them joy in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and sacrifices will be accepted on my altar, for my house will be called a house of prayer for all for nations. For all nations. Amen. For everyone. He said, listen, you foreigners, bring your burnt offerings and sacrifices. I'll accept them. This is before Jesus. So why was the Pharisees keeping everybody out? Why was the Jews looking down on everybody else? Why was the Sadducees excluding everyone? When you, you, you dabble in Old Testament truths and his, this guy's reading the scroll of Isaiah. I don't know how he got a hold to it, but thank God he did. And he's reading this and he's going, where was this? I thought, I guarantee you he had offerings. I thought they would take my offerings because God says it's for all nations. If I bring it to the temple in Jerusalem, I'll be blessed. I'm keeping the Sabbath, whatever I know. I'm trying to, I'm even putting my own, my own uh, race and everything on a burner in their religions. I don't care about their religion. I care about this. Who is this? Next verse. The sovereign Lord declares, he who gathers the exiles of Israel, I will gather still others to them besides those already gathered. He's saying, listen, I gather up all the Jews, but I would gather others. Amen. I mean, you know, you're others. Amen. Amen. So, man, I think back in history how at certain periods of time where where racism and everything and slavery and all that crap. And then you think about that, people were doing these things. And think about, think about Hitler who did these things in the name of God to exterminate the Jews. And, and, and you think about all this and you go, man, they're not, they're not. And they do it in the name of God, but they're not Christians. Because if you're a Christian, there's no way a Christian can be a racist. Amen. No way. There's no way. If anybody says, I'm a Christian and you're a racist, I would kick you in. You are not Christian. <laughs> I won't be mad at you because you say because you're a racist. I'll be mad at you because you're proclaiming to be a Christian. Amen. And so that means you're making us all look bad. <laughs> I won't get upset with you because you're a racist. You could be, you could, I mean, there's many black people who are racist, ding, ding, ding. Mexican people who are racist. And see, we think about racism, we only think about white people. No, there's a bunch of racists out here. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just two types of people. Stupid and not. I just, I just, I don't care what color you are. You got a bunch of dumb people, and you got a bunch of people who are reasonable. That's that. There's only two type of people in the world: idiots and people who aren't. That's it. There's no other people. And so it's like here's God saying, "Listen, gather up all the people of Israel, and I will gather others." This is the book of Isaiah. This isn't Matthew. This isn't Colossians or, so what? So here's the unit. I'm gonna gather up my stuff on my trousers. Well, a thousand miles, I'm gonna take my, my, my group with me. I'm gonna drive my chariot in this dusty road. I don't know what's out there. It could be dangerous. I don't care. Something is, I am, I am so empty. Even though I'm successful, even though I have money, even though I have power, I'm so empty. And I, some kind of way, I got hold, I got held, I got a hold to the book of Isaiah. And I'm reading about this person who can transform your life and this guy who will accept me and give me identity. Because even though I'm successful, I'm so empty. 
And he goes all the way to Jerusalem, gets to the temple, and they go, no, we don't accept people like you. So he's on his way home, going, no, this was telling me. And then here's Philip running upside, and he's on this crazy white boy running upside. And, he, and he's flipping, and then Philip goes, you know what you're reading? No, I don't know. I'm, I, I thought they would tell me. Philip says, I know. Come on up here. Philip goes, thank you. My shoes are getting tired. My feet hurt. And he gets up in there, and Philip just gives him the rundown. Amen. A divine encounter. Amen. I want you to, to, in your, in your, to make a, a declaration. Someone is going to know God because you know God. Somebody. I'm not saying a million people, but somebody. Somebody's life is going to be better. Somebody's going to be enlightened because you have been. Amen. It just makes sense. It's called, the, what do you do with good news? You tell it. You know that uh, they're giving us another stim stimulus check. You told everybody that. <laughs> man, when, if, if, well, we live in Detroit, so it's bad. But when people win championships, oh, man, they come out in groves and they're, oh, we celebrate with the, the, the Pistons. The Pistons suck. Uh, the oh, the Tigers suck. Oh, the Lions. Oh, the Lions suck. Oh, the Red Wings. We're in bad shape. <laughs> we got nobody right now. Nobody. Michigan stinks. Michigan State stinks. Everybody stinks. <laughs> Have you ever been? I've been on the planet for a while, and I've never seen it where all of our teams stink. Excuse me, I was venting for a second. But here, so here it is. We're, we, you have to make it your duty to say, listen, guys, I'm, I have been enlightened, so if I really care about you, you, you're going to be enlightened. And it's going to take time. I might have to run near your chariot for a while. But eventually, because I believe that God brought, me, brought you to me, and he brought me to you, so eventually with time, I'm going to do what? I'm going to fish. I'm going to fish you. I'm going to lure. I'm going to reel a little bit. I'm going to give a little slack. You know how to fish. You are going to know who God is because I care about you. And your life is in jeopardy without him. So you would get the fortune or the misfortune of getting close to me. And I now want that to drip down on you. Because I want true growth, not fake growth. This is fake growth. I got two minutes. I'm almost done. Fake growth. Fake, fake growth is people who flock into churches because they have the right atmosphere. Real growth is people who don't know God have now come to the kingdom. Amen. People who were once lost are now found. Amen. People who may be trapped in religion are now free. See, that's real kingdom growth. That's what I'm looking for. Don't bring me a bunch of transplants, man, because you know what? You got to reboot them because they got all this religious information in them. You got to take all this time to get all that out. I've had people on the street go, hey, I'm thinking about coming to your church. Don't. <laughs> Don't. They always look at me like, what? I was, at the, I was getting my truck uh, uh, worked on something, oil change something, and I'm talking to the guy, and he, and he saw my thing. Oh, you're Pastor King. Yep. And he goes, yeah, you know, I go to some church, and, and man, they do everything wrong, and they just stay, stay pastor there. I don't like them. And, and, I'm, and he's like, I might come to your church. Nope. 
Because what you're going to do is you're going to do that same thing here. Nah, my place wouldn't be for you. And he looked at me like, what? Nah, you wouldn't like it. He's like, okay. Yeah, don't come. What time my truck going to be done, dude? I'll be back. <laughs> I know he thinks that guy is crazy over there. I am. I am crazy. I am crazy. And I'm not taking on no extra work. I'm not doing it. I had a guy come here years ago and go, Pastor, I really like what you teach. Really like your people and all that. But, man, you have women doing too much stuff here. Get out. <laughs> Get out. Get out. Get out. Yeah, dude. I ain't going to have you talking down to women in here. I got anointed women in here Amen. who helped me build this thing. So listen, this isn't the place for you. See you later. Don't come back. I don't play church anymore. We're not, we not going to play church. We're going to do the gospel. We're going to love each other. We're going to stick by each other. We're going to look out for each other. We're going to accept people no matter what their background. We're going to accept them. We're going to help people understand who God is. We're going to make a difference out there where it matters, not in here telling every preacher to the choir. Amen. That's my desire for this house. So, Lord, I pray right now that you will let these things, the gifts that you have put on me, let it drip down into this congregation. And we're not going to stop looking at these things. Until we see the proof of it. Because I know in their hearts they have people that they have a desire to know who you are. Or help them to get it. Put them in the right situation, the right circumstance. Let it be the right question. Let it be the right time. Think about how divine that was. Philip ran up at the right time. So that means there's a lot of people out here seeking and you catch them at the right time. If you can hear God speak to you. You got to know the right time. You got to know when to say it. You got to know how to say it. Using what? Using your influence and your friendships a lot of times. But you can't live double lives. You can't show them a, a lack of faith in everything in your walk. You can't cry in the corner. You have to cry at home. You can't complain a lot. Because see, that's the way the world responds. And they go, I don't want your God. You're just like me. We have to be different, but not crazy. Some Christians get on my nerve. You can't even have a conversation with it without them going, oh, yeah, the Lord blessing. Dude, we were talking about who the lions was going to draft. <laughs> but yet still some kind of way it has to get to the good news. Here's the good news. Oh, you don't know how to do life? Okay, here's the good news. Oh, you got trouble in your family? Okay, here's the good news. Okay, you got trouble in your health? Here's the good news. Oh, you don't, nobody accepts you? Here's the good news. Oh, you got, you disgraced it? Here's the good news. Amen. That's why it's called the good news. I got the good news. You are okay if you take this news that I got. And just like you told everybody else, they passed another stimulus. This is more important. Amen. We're talking about life and death. Eternal life and death. <laughs> Come on, I'm, I'm shutting up. No, I ain't shutting up. 
So, so, <laughs> all I can think about is this man looking for a new identity. And the church don't give him one. You know why? The church don't give anybody a new identity. Only, only God does that. So where do you get your identity from? Your children, your grandchildren? Your career? Your business, maybe? Or your, your beauty? People get, they get their identity from their beauty. But what happens when your beauty begins to fade? Then they, you go get altered. Just, you know, that's how people in Hollywood, and I feel bad, especially for the women. See, men in Hollywood can grow old and ugly. This dude, man, have you seen Al Pacino? Oh, my God. Robert De Niro? Oh, he looks like Arnold Schwarzenegger looks like a monster. But as the women in Hollywood begin to age, what do they do? They get altered. They start to get plastic surgery. They don't even look like themselves anymore. Because this pressure, my identity was only on my beauty. <laughs> That's going to fade. So if you get your identity from how you look, Good luck with that. You get your identity from which shape you're in, good luck with that. See, if you get your identity from anything else, one is going to fade, and then two, you're going to look down on other people who are not. And that's not Christianity. You get your identity from God. It drove Philip to go talk to an Ethiopian eunuch who made a prayer thanking God that he was not like him. That's Christianity. Bless his Lord in Jesus' name. Come on, let's do communion. Come on.